Welcome to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. Our guest for this episode is Dave Allred. It's hard to think of another coach who has made so much impact in so many sports. Allred made his name as the kicking coach for Johnny Wilkinson and the England Rugby World Cup winning team. After that, he worked with golfers like Luke Donald and Francesco Molinari in cricket with England and in football with Middlesbrough, Newcastle, and Sunderland. His techniques for performing under pressure have been used in many other sports and in business too. He told Simon Austin about what he does and why. Thank you very much for joining us on the Training Ground Guru podcast, Dave. Uh, you're welcome. First of all, where are you and what are you up to? Um, <laughs> I'm actually in Brisbane in Australia at the moment. I came here uh, last March, uh, not the last March, the March before then, um, with a view to doing some work in Auckland, which I did, uh, and then with the Queensland Reds for a month, and then I was going to join Molinari in uh, the UK, um, and then go to Augusta. Well, COVID arrived, and uh, the, the, the whole world just completely changed. You know, Augusta was cancelled. You know, the flights, the, the borders were locked. There were no flights going out, you know. Um, and so I've stayed here ever since. Just to go right back to the beginning then, Dave, you actually played rugby union yourself, did you? Yeah, I, I, I played rugby, rugby union, and I played rugby league. And, and, and I, I've always, and I've been a teacher as well. And I think that's one of the things that kind of helps. And it was interesting. Somebody did a, st a stat on... Um, uh, 2003 coaches uh, who, you know, we obviously did did well in the World Cup. But of the five main kind of coaches, four were all ex-teachers. Right. And that's quite interesting, you know, in terms of, of – of, and, and I've always been keen and, and learned very quickly that – the, the the area that where where I can kind of help is that most coaches instruct, and I'd like to think I grow. How good would it be if you could just do this slightly differently? And I choose my language very very carefully to not make any subjective judgment about it. And I and I've done a, you know, I I, I did quite a bit with soccer with the goalkeepers. Um, at Sunderland when Peter Reid was there. Uh, I did a little bit at Newcastle United when Keegan was there. And then later on, Sam Allardyce brought me in to work with ball striking as, as well as with, with the goalkeepers. And, and it was fascinating. And I had a, a kind of a long spell at Watford when we were, they were in the premiership. And, I, and it, it was interesting because they're kind of thrown in the deep end there with all the culture and, uh, uh, of you know, a soccer player is not going to listen to you and if you don't know anything about soccer, et cetera, et cetera. There's one particular guy that got injured early on in my kind of tenure, and that's really was the blossoming of, of Ashley Young, who, who, whose ball striking just grew and grew and grew, and then obviously, you know, his, his career blossomed with it. When you started coaching kicking, were you always aware of mindset and performing under pressure? Because that is obviously an intrinsic part of elite sport, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think definitely the issue about process versus outcome. 
you know, and I would experiment often on my own and, and play I'd play about with ideas. But and particularly with John Webb and Stuart Barnes, we used to kick early morning in a cricket net. And that was really interesting because we kind of started to have some consequence some points scoring and bits and pieces. And on the end of the net, there was there were kind of three sort of support things. So there were three little dividers right at the top end. And, and what they had to do was to one person would lead and nominate the area that he's going to kick to about 20 meters. But it was still a one meter target, 20 meter kick. And if you do that proportionally, that's a comfortable kick over the, from the halfway. So, you know, so it wasn't slouch. And then what, one person had to kick it and the other person had to kick in the same channel. And the guy kept leading until he missed. And then the other one would be the leader, um, you know, and, and that was, that was incredible um, sort of uh, competition for both of them, you know, and, and, and really in a way that those two of them just kicked Bath to two double, double championships. Yeah. You, you know, just, um, and, it, and if it wasn't for, you know, the occasional spiral bomb that we'd created from way back and had time to work on it and, and, and having a person who's brave enough to do it. Um, that's another thing. It's a bit like a, you know, if you know, if you never want to miss a fairway, you can easily leave the driver in the bag. Can't you, you could take a seven iron and you'd never miss a fairway, you, you know? So uh, you do need to have the guts to get the driver out. And, and Stuart had that. And uh, yeah, that was that was interesting, and it kind of in the court of the background, in the sort of the inside track of this sport, I suppose people were beginning to, gosh, what's happening there? How how is that happening in Bath? Why? How are they doing that? You know, this kind of thing. And I was reading actually when I was doing my research that um, a book um, by is it John Grinder had had, had a John Grinder, Grinder, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. John Grinder was one of the founders of NLP, um, which is a flashy term for neuro linguistic programming. But it, it, what it actually means is it, it's to be in layman's terms, you say what you want, see what you want to achieve. Uh, and, and you don't use deletions because the brain doesn't work on deletions. Like, you know, I mustn't drop the ball. Well, you shouldn't be saying that. I want to catch every ball. And then I might reinforce it by, I'm going to catch every ball and enjoy it and have my fingers feeling the, 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 the dimples or, or whatever. So that was good. And, and using metaphors. But at the same time, there is a, a book by a guy called Harvey Pennock, who's a golf coach. It's called The Little Red Book of Golf. And Harvey's sadly died now. But he coached golf, professional golfers like uh, Tom Watson, Davis Love and people like that from a wheelchair. So, the, so the, his only model was to get players to refer back to things that they'd already experienced and then build from that, if you like, active memory. And I found that absolutely fascinating. Um, and, and that was really where I kind of stumbled, not really stumbled across, but I, I created this thing which I still feel today people have not understood this. I mean, I still use it. I, um, I, I use it 
more once kickers of sign have got some technique, and that is feel. Very few coaches coach feel. And, and I use it with the golfers a lot. And I also get them to measure the feel in terms of how much energy did they leave? Did all the energy go into the ball? And if it did, you can feel it. And you kind of know the feeling. You, we, we say, God, that came out of the screws, that came out of the meat of the racket, you know, blah, all of those. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's very, very difficult to understand, but you know it. But interestingly, if you push that a bit harder and I say to them, okay, how was that? Hit that one. Yeah, pretty good, but not as good as the other one. Now, most people go, yeah, okay, right, let's. I said, hang on, which way wasn't it as good? What was the actual feeling you had? Did you feel that the ball kind of escaped a little bit? Uh, did you feel that you kind of got round the back a little bit? And it's a bit, if they're not used to it, a little bit awkward and a little bit painful. And they go, mm, yeah, kind of, yeah, I think it leaked a bit. And I said, okay, then, so what are you going to do differently this time? And it now gives you a map of self-correction. Now, interestingly, it, and, and I, I did this with cricket. Uh, if, you, if you're going out to bat and, and you often say, just throw some balls down to me, let me, and the, and the quote is, let me get my eye in, okay? Yeah, and yeah. you're basically stepping forward, hitting half volleys, and it's ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. And you kind of begin to feel it. You go, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, it's good now. I'm getting my eye in. But actually, nothing is further from the truth because you can't possibly have got your eye in because you can't even see where the ball's hitting the bat because the bat is blocking out. So you kind of think you know, but the feel is what you reflect. But you don't ever say to somebody, throw some balls down. I want to get my feel in. You want to get your eye in. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and if you take that and know that you will make those minor adjustments, albeit with your feet or the bat or your elbow, and, and they'll be minuscule, but they'll be massive. And, and one of the things we we kind of work on at this school of kicking um, that I've got is that we have this saying that actually says only kickers know. And, and, and when a guy kicks a ball, only he knows that it was absolutely dead set and there was no effort and the ball just sublimely exploded off your foot and you feel balanced and controlled and this. And so it's, it's a kind of feel and, it's it's something that I think is really important in performing under pressure because there is a time, and I use this with golfers, you can say, okay, Dave, hit that ball. What, what was it? What was it like? And I go, yeah, okay, it will kind of one out. It leaked a little bit. Right? Hit that one again. And eventually, I'll get used to telling you what I've hit. Mm. And then you say to me, right, Dave, you know what one out feels like. You know what one in feels like. Okay, now give me a zero. So instead of hitting, ah, what's it like? 
I now, I want to hit it and do, and it's going to be that. So I'm going to make it happen. And when you cross that little threshold, whether it's kicking, passing, throwing the ball or whatever, that's when you start to, to master the skill under pressure. Mm. And, and that, that takes time. It takes practice. It's a little bit frustrating. And for some people, it'd be massively frustrating, but it does make a massive difference. And I remember even working with, with Wilkinson, you know, I, I would say, okay, he got six out of six. And I go, well, how many were zeros? And he goes, ah, yeah. The, the first one was, second one, maybe a slight rap, maybe one in, you know, and so on. And, and what it was, was the game within a game. So we were getting more and more and more precise yeah. and, and it became a, a, just a way of doing it. So you, 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 you conditioned your body by your approach to getting zero. And when it's zero, you have ultimate power on exactly matching your intention because the Kapoor can't go anywhere else. It's like coming out of a cannon. I was going to come on to Johnny, actually, because... Would you say he was your perfect pupil because of his obsessiveness, how hard he was willing to work? He was the one who had the biggest hits, injuries, mm. the biggest setbacks, and was still keen to be the best he could. And I felt that his best rugby was, and most effective rugby was when he was with Toulon. And, and he was away from from England and the, and the pressure and, and the media and stuff. They, I just felt they, they kind of didn't, they didn't really understand it. People always wanted an angle and, a, you know, and he, he, wasn't, he wasn't like that. Um, and yet when you try and educate or talk to somebody about what actually happened and why you do it, they switch off. They're not interested. So I think that, I think that the elite performance, while it's something that is, is really, uh, um, it, it can make a massive difference for winning and losing. I think somehow people don't want to know the detail of hard work. Right. They kind of want to know the quick fix. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the guy, you know, um, you know sometimes I, I get cross when we're doing team runs and there's, the kickers have been kicking all week. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, one of the backs wants to start kicking and going, the game's tomorrow. Mm. You know, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, do you just brush your teeth the day before you go to the dentist? Because, yeah. you know, you, you, you're better off not kicking. Give it to somebody else who can. Yeah. The, you know, and, and people, I, I have this saying now, and I use it a lot. I say nobody buys green bananas anymore. They just want instant, right, I want to eat it tomorrow. And I was reading about with Johnny, it was quite famous with Doris in, in the stands. Yeah. Um, could, could you just talk about that a bit and, and the reasoning behind it? Um, but basically, we were, we were going out, and it was about four o'clock in the afternoon, and, and um, as, as in all sports with everybody, sometimes it's just not going for you. And I could see that it was, it was kind of a bit frustrating. And it, it, there, is, there is a kind of a critical point where you get a sort of system crash because you think of too many things 
So instead of having, you know, one or two red thoughts and a whole load of green thoughts in your subconscious, which you should do, and you get those green thoughts in your subconscious by practicing, it was very much a whole lot of red thoughts and it just wasn't right. So we decided, or, or I decided, we just said, okay, look, okay, let's just stop here for a moment. Okay, right. So I went and put a sweatshirt in the stand behind the post. Okay. And um, Johnny has got an incredible sense of humor uh, and, and people don't see that. And it's a shame really, because, you know, we, we have had some real laughs, real laughs, so much so that I, I've actually got cramp sometimes from laughing in a training session, okay, which you might think is bad. But anyway, so we, we, we decided, said, okay, sir, and then we, we kind of um, embellished this and said, right, okay, so that's, um, that's a couple, okay? It's Harry and Doris. Right. And Doris hates rugby. Okay, she's she's not interested. Okay, so she's going to be reading a paper, doing this and so on. Right. So I want you to imagine that Doris is sitting on the sweatshirt. Okay. So just just nudge her a little bit. Let alone she's at rugby game. So let's try and hit Doris. So just put it down. Visualize Doris. Off you go. Hit it. Bang, just over the sweatshirt. And I said, well, that's good. You've got her to duck. See if you can now get it to land in her lap. And, of course, this is target within a target within a target within a target kind of thing. And then, you know, then I kicked it and then, you know, it bounced on the thing and then he kicks it and so on. And then we started in bounce. I said, right, Doris is getting really bored of this now. She's got a book in her hand. See if you can knock the book out of her hand. Okay, but you can't knock her. So it's got to be a really precise kick. Same thing, you know. And all we were doing was kicking probably 35, 40 metres right in the middle of the middle of the middle, okay? And then it was, then it got really obscure. Like, Harry's gone to get Doris an ice cream, okay? And it's uh, it's an ordinary ice cream, okay? And we say, right, okay, we've got to knock the ice cream out without actually damaging the cone, all right, because they're really skimpy in this country. So they're only putting one dollop on. If you knock that off and so on. And then so he kicks it and said, right, I've knocked that off. I said, no, 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 right, okay, no. It's a 99. You've got to hit the flake out of the ice, you know, and, and, and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. But what had actually happened, because all the processes were in his subconscious, and he was totally focused on the outcome of getting through the ball and all of those things to get to Doris. The kind of where we were and what we were doing and, and, and uh, you know, the fact it was a World Cup campaign and all of that kind of thing had gone. And it was just go after Doris. So then we started saying, okay, right, so let's just make sure that Doris, you've got Doris lined up. And we jokingly said, you know, we know she's not interested. You just got to sit in there, you know. <laughs> and 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 that and that's where it, 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 it's come from. It's the ultimate, if you like, deflection of detail, because it was so practiced. It was pretty automated anyway. 
Mm. But of course, like those things, when you're a little bit concerned and you try and unpick the automation, that's when it tends to clog and, and it doesn't work and you, you're not smooth, you hit the wrong part of the ball and, and so on and so forth. So that was a really a, a kind of a, an ongoing thing um, that, that we had. And, I've, and we, we joke about it before. And we've, you know, Doris sitting on the crossbar and so on. We had, we had a joke about it. I remember um, in, um, in Ireland, we were warming up for the, uh, one of the European Cup finals. Um, and it was Toulon versus, I'm not sure, I think it was another French club, but we we're actually playing in Dublin. And I remember playing, going on the police ground and, and, and there was one end, there was a clubhouse, a lot of people there. And we went right at the far end. And one of the things that Doris leads to is, could you hit Doris? Well, what goes on to your mind to hit Doris? Actually, not a lot. If you're really honest, not a lot. Mm. Because you just, so if you were to stand 15 yards away from me and I said, throw a golf ball to me, you would just throw it. You wouldn't be thinking, oh, it's 15 yards, let me see. Right, that's my seven-yard backswing. That's my, you just wouldn't do that. But sometimes we, we've, we lose that. So one of the things I got him to do, he was feathering the kicks a little bit. They were kind of just going out slightly to the left from a thin foot. So what we did, we actually said, right, one and out, instead of kicking over the crossbar, we're going to kick under the crossbar. So where there's the black dot, we're going to go under the black dot. And we were about kind of five yards away, and then we move it back to six yards and so on. And what, you, what, what I'm really asking for is a lot of little tiny things to change to broaden his foot round to get a square foot. But because it's conditioned learning, it was very much implicit. So he didn't have to think about it. He just did it. And it was feel. Ah, oh, yeah, that felt good and so on. When we went off, so we were probably half an hour kicking and it was a, there was a net behind it. So we kicked under this, under the post, under the crossbar to this net, get the ball to come back. And then um, we go back. And the guy that took us back to the hotel, he said, there's some people asking. He said, um, he's going to really struggle tomorrow, isn't he? He was right in front of the post and he couldn't get the ball over. <laughs> we just laughed. We just, you know, it was just out of context. Of course, that's what it would look like as well. But, of course, that was just taking advantage, you know. Uh, and, and a lot of these little things kind of trigger a lot of other processes that I've used in golf and so on. I mean, I've, I've used a, a, a guys to chip in golf when I really want them to do a soft. I mean, I have to trust them. I have to know that they can do it. This really soft flop shot is to stand literally three metres in front of them. I said, right, it's got to come down in my hands. And they're thinking, jeepers, if I thin it, you know, and so on and so on. But it's amazing the difference it makes. You take it out of context, right? All I got to do is to, not about the green, I've just got to get the ball in his hands. So I look at his hands and just do it. Mm, yeah. You, you know. So, but, yeah. So, so does this all ultimately come back to what we're talking about with John Grinder and what you've learned with the NLP where yeah, it's, it's a, a derivative from that. Yeah. It's yeah. just like an amount. I mean, it, a lot of people say, well, look, can you, 
when I put this book together, I put a book together on, on the pressure principles. I actually wanted it call it the eight principles for performing under pressure. And there are eight kind of principles that are not about kicking particularly, but there is the balance, for example, of implicit, explicit learning. So if, for example, I give you a lot of instruction, that's very explicit and it's difficult for you to, to do it. If, however, I give you very little instruction, but I ask you to kick under the crossbar, you'll kind of instruct yourself subconsciously. So that's more, that's more implicit, the learning. And, it, and it's having all of those bits, all an amalgam. And I find myself, I feel like a bit like a tradie with a belt, with loads and loads and loads and loads of tools mm. around. And, and when somebody comes and I go, ah, right. And, and I just... I sometimes can't even tell you why I decide to do what I do, but it's a kind of a feel yeah. because, you know, it doesn't matter whether a guy is 14-year-old, you know, trying to kick a narrow angle against his normal curve, you, you know, or, or whether it's Johnny doing a narrow angle before a France game. It's the same thing. It, 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 is, the, it is the same mental mechanics, if you like. Yeah. And we, I think we can all relate this to our own lives, can't we? Even if we're not elite performers, you know, because I hate public speaking and a lot of people empathise with that. Um, yeah. And maybe it's to do with the mindset and the way we're approaching it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you if you don't like public speaking, um, I remember that one of the first times we played Wales in the indoor stadium and it was a big, big, being make up about how the crowd were just going to swallow England up and, 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 and so on. And I remember one player came to me, which I won't mention his name. Um, and it was an established player. And he, and he came in and he said, Dave, you know, I'm really worried about tomorrow. I said, why are you worried? He said, well, I'm scared of the national anthem. And, and I'm kind of going, well, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? He said, well, the noise, and the noise is quite incredible. You know, the roof was closed and all the rest of it. And I said, well, it's, it's the crowd. And I said, well, okay, well, I'll tell you what then. Who, who is the crowd? I said, I'll tell you something that, that you might find useful. I said, look up, look up and go along the line and try and work out what each person does for a living. So they're screaming bread of heaven. And you're trying to work out, no, okay, right. I mean, he's probably a farmer, right? This guy there looks like a sales rep. And, so, and just lose yourself in that detail. And after the game, he came back to me and said, do you know, that was so good. He said, I was just smiling during the national. I, I, it had gone. There was no crowd. It was just these guys that I kind of thought I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's quite a few little things you can, you can do to try and take – take that out before you can you know you get into your flow and would i've heard you say as well that the analogy with golf you know if there's the water hazard most people will focus on that i mustn't go there i mustn't go there yeah. but if you pick the point on the fairway oh i'm gonna get that it's a totally different mindset again and, and, it, and the other thing is that you have to pick a small target that engages you you know, if you kind of go, well, I want to hit that flag over there, but I don't want to go in the water, you know, it will go in the water. 
But if you go, well, and, and I say, well, okay, what part of the flag? Which part of the, of the green do we want the ball to hit? Now I'm kind of sucked into that. And, and the other thing is, which we use in, in both golf and in rugby and goal kicking, is that when I fix the target and you see all the goal kickers looking up and fixing the target in their mind's eye, okay, then they come back to the ball and then they let their mind go and see that target again. And when that target is vivid in their mind's eye, then they concentrate coming in onto the ball and you kind of find yourself being sucked towards the target. And it's the same with golf. If you, if you, if you can really see it and you're over the ball and it's in your mind's eye, you really can't see it. Then as you're pulling, you just find yourself being drawn towards it. Uh, and it's quite fascinating, the power that that has of, of kind of, you know, how your thoughts and your, your image can virtually steer where you're putting the ball. You've, you've done work with so many sports. Have you done work with football? Yeah, I've done, I've done a, as I said, I've done with Newcastle. Um, I did with Sunderland, Middlesbrough. Um, ironically, I actually worked with um, um, the present England manager when he was a player. He was just... Um, uh, and I'm just sure he won't mind me saying he actually got in trouble for coming in on his day off. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, tell us more about that. No, we won't. Oh. Um, he got in trouble for for the for the right reason. In other words, it wasn't really trouble. It, it, it should have been a pat on the back. But anyway, um, but but it's yeah, it, it it's been good. I mean, the the, the first guy that I worked with was from Sunderland and was a Danish goalkeeper, Thomas Sorensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he had real trouble in coping with the pass back. And he was very kind of uh, C-shape, planted and spun round, which was like a lot of kickers. And, and what, what I tried to get him to do was to be more J-shape and try and get through the ball. And, and he developed and did really well, actually, and very conscientious. And then other people um, in Sunderland wanted, wanted to have a go. And I did some work with the forwards on ball striking. But it was very much a kind of, I don't know, then it was, it was probably before its time because people would go, yeah, I've done ball striking now. Okay, right now, next. And it was a bit tick in the box. Sorensen, however, stayed with it. And, the, and there were two other goalkeepers that were very, very good and very conscientious. So I would come in and see the goalkeepers and occasionally I might work with one or two others, but they weren't that interested. It was a bit kind of boring. And, you know, what, what I find interesting is that, that suddenly they're accountable for exactly where they put the ball. And, and, and that's, they don't often like that. Mm. You know, it, it, it's, it's not a comfortable thing. So, um, where Sorensen and that, you know, we had we had these lanes that we had to hit and so on. So that was that was good. And then uh, Middlesbrough, um, which ironically, I was brought in by the goalkeeping coach that was originally the goalkeeping coach with David James at Ashton Villa, and I did some work with him. Um, and and then uh, he then went to. Middlesbrough and, and got me to go across there. That was in my, uh, Mark Schwarzer was, was, was kicker then. And that, that was really good. I, I enjoyed that. And then there was another couple of goalkeepers and a young kid they wanted to sign as a goalkeeper. So I came in 
to work with him. And, and, and that's when I met Gareth Southgate, uh, it's got sort of the, as a, as a footballer then, um, and did some work with him about ball striking and so on, but it was always a bit, how can I put it? It, it, it wasn't seen by the coaches as something that had value because they can kick a ball anyway. Do you know what I mean? It kind of, it, it, you know, they, they weren't into that. And, and if the crosses weren't quite right, well, there'll be another one in a minute. Mm. You know, whereas in rugby union, you know, we've got one shot at goal. We might not have another goal, but not, not, not another goal kick for half yeah. the game. Yeah. You, you know, so, um, and, and then at, at, at Watford, that was, I had a chance with A.D. Boothroyd to really do some work then. Um, and, and that was good. And Ashley Young, I'm really pleased the way that he developed from that. Have you watched England's penalty shootout uh, in the Euros final a couple of weeks no, ago? No, no, I've seen bits of it, um, unfortunately. I, I feel sorry for the players. I feel more upset, not, not about the penalties particularly, although obviously, but the reaction of such a lot of people towards the individuals. Yeah. I, I just think that's... Um, that's unforgivable, to be honest. Yeah. And I know from conversations we've had before, um, you, you've done a project, haven't you, on penalty kicks a few years ago? I did. I did it, yeah. I, I actually did a, a project um, to sh- talk about the difference between C and J-shaped kicking and J-shaped kicking, getting the kicking foot down to use the body. And I wanted it to do it with a tip, but the men weren't interested. So I did it with the girls. And the girls loved it. And it was, it was quite dramatic. Lack of stress on your leg if you kick with your body weight and not your leg, which is, which is what I did with Wilkinson when he was coming back from the knee, uh, knee issue and so on, where, where hyperextension um, you know, would, have, would, have been, would have shortened his career quite a lot. Is it fair to say there's a certain type of penalty kick, so trajectory, speed, where you hit it, which could not be saved? I'm just trying to think who I did some stuff with. Martin Keogh. I was going to do a feature with him, um, and it never really got off the ground. But I did a, I did a, a, a training session with Martin, and it eventually kind of got it. And, and, and if you look at the – as you're looking at the goal – uh, top right and top left-hand corner are, are, the, are the areas where it's really difficult for the goalkeeper to get to. And then the next two, apparently, are the bottom right and bottom left. And that assumes that even if the goalkeeper goes that way, you still won't get it if you, if you hit the side netting. So that's your kind of the, the thing. But the top, you go for that little apex at the back. And that eventually becomes a kind of uh, a dead ball target practice. Now, when, when players go, okay, soccer's about more than the dead ball, what they don't understand is you could make that practice so relevant for them. So you could actually be, okay, right, dead ball from the penalty spot. Okay, you've got to hit that top triangle. Okay, right foot, and then assuming you can kick, both feet, left foot to the other one, 
or right foot and then right foot across, okay? So you could, you could do that. Then you could actually say, okay, right now, what I want you to do is pass the ball to somebody, somebody passes back, and you've got to hit, do the same shot on the run or at least jogging into it. And you could make it really demanding and very quickly in terms of body shape, uh, where your body is, impact position, all of those things will start to transfer into a much more active environment. So you start off with the, with the kind of the dead ball, um, but then you, you challenge your technique on the dead ball by having the moving ball, which gives you a gain for other parts of the game anyway. Um, but that, I don't, I, you know, whereas I can do that, you see, for example, um, with, with rugby guys now, uh, um, this was not, this was well after Johnny's time, but I've created um, a drop goal circuit. And basically it's some cones uh, where the guy has to run, pick up a ball, backpedal, turn, drop goal with his left foot, then run back, backpedal, back tip, turn. He has to do a shuttle. And, and the, the good guys can actually get six out of six kicks just under 32 seconds, including the run and everything, you see. Now, you say, well, what, what, what does that actually do? Well, it's on the move. It means you're getting back in the pocket. You've got no time, et cetera. You're under fatigue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if I started with a normal drop shunt, which is static and just kind of the precursor to, to goal kicking, then you go to this, then you can see there is a massive difference in demands on the player and, and, and so on. And that's, that is really, really, it, it's been magnificent because now players, if they're going to do a drop goal, you know, they've got all the time in the world because they only have to take one step. Mm. Yeah. You know, players who haven't experienced this circuit take too many steps. Mm. And, and what they do is, if they're under pressure, they take too many steps quickly, which actually takes them nearer to the opposition anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I know, as you say, football's a dynamic sport, but it seems that we should give a lot of focus to the penalties alone anyway, because they've been the difference between glory and despair, aren't they, so many times? And I think, yeah, I think even more than that. If you are really good at the dead ball and, and part of the dead ball training is the moving ball to put your technique under pressure, then your other, your, your other part of the game will get better. I mean, I don't know what people are afraid of. You know, you, you know you'll, you'll accidentally improve other areas if you're not careful. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do, do you think with the penalties there would be a lot of benefit in hit a player hitting pretty much the same penalty every time and just perfecting that? I think it would be, it'd be very good for the player to learn what um, what zero energy leak is, right. and can he put the ball where he wants at a zero energy leak consistently? That would be, I think he needs to be able to do um, one either side. 
What does zero energy leak mean? Just to uh, he's, he's hit it absolutely perfectly. Oh, okay, well. it, it is the meat of the bat. The, the, you know all of those things. Yeah. It's the the kickers know the ultimate strike, and they do get it. They all know when it is. They all go, yeah, that was right. You know, and I can show it on video. You know, because it's normally a very very slow backspin, and it just goes like a rocket. All right. Yeah. Because the pressure that these guys were under again, and we've talked a lot about that, was phenomenal, wasn't it? Really unimaginable with with the hype they'd been in the country, um, the situation. Yeah, but I, yeah, you're right. But I just wonder how much. I, I mean, uh, then I, I look at uh, at um, golfers, you know, last hole of a major. You know, like you know, all of that sort of thing. I, I, I'm not saying they're not. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that other players practice to be able to perform under pressure. You know, maybe maybe there should be. You know, could there be um, a, a more kind of from left field type of work that could help out? Yeah. And just to finish that, actually, Dave, what sort of work would you do, do you think, if you were to work with the, the players on the penalties? Well, first of all is to get posture right um, and to understand the strike, to be able to quantify the feel um, and to do it with no effort at all and kind of get that bit right to actually show that less is more um, and, and get that accurate. And, and then start working from there. And you would consistently go back to that repair technique work. Because right. I don't think you ever, you ever master technique that is flawless over and over again under pressure. Mm. So uh, <coughs> I dissect that a bit. So, so first of all, you said posture is, is an, a very important thing. Yeah, posture is massive. I see so many people collapsing and trying to get you know the, the in the step and 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 down and and they get in a weak position or they initiate rotation and they don't need it you, you know it 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 can be it can be really messy yeah and what was the next element did you say sorry posture i'm trying to remember posture, posture and then and then work on getting the strike the middle of the middle and you know the perfect strike with a flight you know, how does it feel? So get the strike with no energy leak. So that's like, if they all play golf, which most of them do anyway, and just yeah. say, well, you know, you hit it out of the screws. Mm. You know, um, and they, they, they should be able to relate to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what was the uh, last element? Then it's actually hitting it in exactly where you want it to go to match your intention. So you go at targets. Yeah. You might say, well, we're going to work on the penalty spot, right? Now we're going to work on the penalty spot plus three yards. So all the, all the principles that I use with the goal kickers and the golfers, you know, of, of trying to, to, to increase the challenge. And most guys love it. You know, I mean, that's why we do narrow angles so, so, so much. You know, I mean, we, we get goal kickers to kick from – five yards from the try line, narrow angle, and, and go for that. 
so it would make the actual penalty seem easy mm-hmm. when they come to it. Yeah, relatively. Yeah, relatively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And you often hear this thing, don't you, which sounds a bit daft of there's no point practising because you can't replicate the pressure. And even Glenn Hoddle said that, you know, and it, the England manager, so... I don't, I don't accept that. You might not be able to um, replicate all the pressure, but you can replicate quite a bit of it by certainly the consequence. And if there is a desire for them to achieve, you know, and, they, and, and it is competitive, you know, then, you, you know, they'll, they, they should develop. I mean, I, I, I can't see, unless I'm completely wrong, how soccer players are any different than a group of rugby players. All the rugby players want to be kind of a little bit better than the other guy in, in the team, you know. So I think if, if it's handled, and they understand it, you know, and you can actually relate it particularly to someone for golf, then you you should get it. Yeah, it should be you know you should have a go at. Yeah, and I, I promise this is the last thing. But as you make that horrible walk from the halfway line, in then to, to take this decisive kick, what should be going through the player's head as they make that walk and then they stand up to the ball? Ah, oh, this is going to yeah. be so good! I cannot wait to ping this ball in the back of the net. I've visualized, I've done it so many times before. I know exactly how it's going to feel. I know exactly what I'm going to do, you know, bang. Thank you for listening to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. We'll be back next month with another episode. In the meantime, you can follow our latest updates on the website and on Twitter at ground underscore guru.